that uh, being as that this is the last podcast of the year 2021 that we would do a best of series you know at the beginning early of 2021 and and at the end of last year even we started interviewing some 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 heavy hitters guys closing 30 40 80 100 plus million a year yeah Uh, justin kelly sean miller tim Tim hart brian forster stephen katz my takeaway from david was you know perfection is the enemy of done Director of Operations, say, uh, Senior Level Sales, Laurelin Ball. Yeah, yeah. So um, our boss, our, our <laughs> boss. <laughs> Thank you again for allowing us to <laughs> come in and have a little fun here. <laughs> I think it's more like she makes us. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome to another episode of the Contacts to Contracts podcast. I am Brian Lovell. Always here with the amazing John Jones. What's up, man? Doing good, man. We're almost at the end of the year. It is. It has flown by, dude. You're, right? you're hyped up, today, I'm, by the way. And, and and well, a little bit, man. I'm I'm trying to uh, maybe see if I can see if you can grow a beard. Make you, yeah, yeah. What do you think? Well, I like it. <laughs> I like it. You're a little late for No Shave November, though. Yeah, that's true. Because this, yeah, this, this is December. This is December. So, okay. dude, you look fresh, straight off a of vacation. Enjoyed myself. You got a lot of energy today. You're ready to rock and roll. So listen, real quick, before we get into it, just want to say thank you to everybody who's uh, watching and subscribed to the channel, whether you're getting us on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And uh, we're just here to help you out any way that we can. So, you know, we had a cool idea that uh, being as this is the last podcast of the year 2021 that we would do a best of series okay so uh we we kind of we went through and we thought about like what was our some of our favorite stuff so we'll like talk about that and give you a takeaway um from what's that so you want to go first i'll let you you say i do all the talking all right you do so i'm gonna let you go first all right so we'll we'll circle back so we had some top producers right we're we're gonna stick to uh mortgage originators right here and um you know, at the beginning, early of 2021, and at the end of last year, even, we started interviewing some 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 heavy hitters, guys closing 30, 40, 80, 100 plus million a year. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that uh, we found three common things that they all seem to do, and you want to touch on that and uh, what we what we uncovered, but uh, you, it kind of unique as, as the months rolled along. Those, <clears throat> those same fo- different folks all yeah. seem to do three core primary activities. Yeah, absolutely. So at the beginning of the year, I, I believe we interviewed uh, Justin Kelly, Sean Miller, Tim, Tim Hart, Hart, Brian Forster, Stephen Katz. Um, I think we kicked off the year with like a top producer series. Yes. And uh, you know, some common things with those, one, they were all involved in some sort of networking, right? So whether absolutely. that was networking. BNI, partner network, yeah. rotary. Yep, you know, whether something. it was like business to business networking or networking within, um, you know, that circle of uh, referral partners that they're trying to capture, they're all doing something uh, to stay in front of folks, not just sitting behind Activity their Activity-wise, yeah. And what was yeah. interesting, the takeaway, they all gave specific about 20, 25% of their yearly referrals. Yeah come from those networking groups. So, yeah. you know, if, if you're out there originating, whether you're in real estate <clears throat> or mortgage, it's important that you participate in at least one. Yeah. I think what I love about that too is that's a long-term strategy, right? Like th- the longer you do that, it probably becomes even a bigger part of your business. But once you have those relationships established, you know, and I think back to like, even in my networking days when I was in BNI, 
you, you realize people still call me today and be like, sure. hey, man, you got a, a carpet cleaner? Yeah, I mean. And, you, I, and I haven't been in, in that for decades. 10 years. A decade. Wow, dude. <laughs> Don't date yourself. Wow. <laughs> That's how long you've been trying to grow that beard, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's, it's time it's to gray. It's, it's turned gray. <laughs> so the second thing that, that they all tend to do is they work a database, yes. right? And so. They work a, uh, you know, a past client database, a, you know, a real estate referral database, a sphere database, but mm -hmm. they all actively work and participate and actively work in those databases. Yes. And again, what we, the common thread there, that represented another 20, 25% of their closed yep. deals every year. Yep. So we're, we're talking the first two pillars yeah. of activity that represent 40 to 50% of transactions. Man, I'm not going to get the number right, but I want to say that Stephen Katz told us his number was closer to 60% of yep. his business came out of his right database. On. And I think the thing, important thing for us to key in on here is, you know, you can have a lot of different pillars to your database. You can have a referral partner database. Like if you're an LO, that would be real estate agents. Yep. You can have a past client database. You can have a sphere of influence, family and friends family database. And friends. But from any of those pillars, if you're working it correctly, you should be getting business out of it. You know, I, I said one of the biggest things that I learned in 2020, 2021 was, you know, we took so much pride in, oh, we're a purchase money lender. We do 90% purchase money. Like that's great and all, and we are a purchase money lender. And that's the, in my opinion, the right avenue to go to about business. But if you have a database and you're not working it, you're a 90% purchase money lender, right? And that, so my takeaway was we've got these big databases. We're not doing anything with them. And I think going forward, whether we're in a refi boom or not, we should be doing 25 or 30%. That's right. So a couple of years ago, you and I happened to be at an event where somebody from secondary was speaking and they, they yes. basically alluded and said, if it, it doesn't matter what rates are. If they're 12%, 8%, 4%, 2%, 25%, maybe 30% of your referrals should come from your, your, you know, your past mm -hmm. client database. Yeah. And, uh, and many of us, um, or you know, many of us don't want to re reach out and see if we can help save people money for whatever the reason be, mm -hmm. debt consolidation always... To yeah. me, that's always a huge one. Um, it's not always about the interest rate, but folks do get tend to get themselves into um, you know overspend from time to time and need to get that you know clock reset. Mm -hmm. Working our realtors or our yep. sphere, you know, yep. our, our core, our core, our, our core business. Core business, yeah. I mean, for us, originating. Um, if if you're not out there buying leads, if you're a street originator or like we say, self-sourced, I mean, 80, 85 percent of your uh, of, of your referrals on that side um, will come from real real estate mm -hmm. professionals. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's important that you have a system, meaning a database, yes. part of that, yep. right? And you have a system that you, you know, weekly you stay in communication with your top 15, 20, 30 agents and, um, and, and really serve them. Yeah. I, you know, we've said before, like whether rates are 4% or 14%, real estate agents are always going to sell homes. People are always going to buy you homes. You know, I go back, I remember um, Justin Kelly. We sat down with Justin Kelly and talked to him about the growth in his business. We had a good time talking to him because if you remember, like you've known Justin since he was like mowing lawns. I do. And, and now, <laughs> you know, he's running the largest branch in the company we're affiliated with. <clears throat> and what he said is consistency is key. And the takeaway from that is like, Listen, there, there's nothing sexy you're going to plug into this year, next year, or any year that's going to make this any easier. You're not going to trick the system, right? Yes. This goes back 20, 30 years, 40, <clears throat> 40 years for some of us. Yeah. Um, 
But I mean, the, the same things don't reinvent the wheel. That's yeah. the common thread. Just stick with what's yeah. always worked. It continues to work regardless of rates. Yeah. And he, I mean, he was basically like, hey, quit, quit looking for the golden egg. It's not out there. The golden right. egg is inconsistency. The easy it's thing that people, thing. you know, some of the newer people that don't have relationships, they like to tout Facebook. Yes, that's, a, that's part of generating leads, right? Mm -hmm. um, but that's, that's kind of like a small pillar yeah. from, from the top producing Loan, loan yes, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know of any of them that are That's killing not, it. Right. Yeah. So don't look for the if you're newer in the business, whether it's real estate or mortgage, don't look to reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. Trust us on this. I mean, it's you'll spin your wheels, get very frustrated, and have to work a ton of leads for, you know, I mean, for for a little return. <clears throat> you might have to go get a real job. You might, nah, that's that's not good. No bueno there. No, nobody wants that job. Um, all right. So the next the next uh, one I got on the list is uh, my friend David Carruthers. Man, I heard some stories then <laughs> about you guys have known each other for a long, long time. I, over thirty years. Over yeah. thirty years. Um, you know, David came. We did. We had a good time that day. That was probably one. Of he the was a lot of fun. Yeah, he was a lot of fun. That's probably one of the better podcasts we did. You know, I, I think that um, my takeaway from David was, you know, perfection is the enemy of done. And I don't know if you remember, he told us a story. We he, At the time, he was producing this, like, YouTube channel show called The Protégé. Mm -hmm. And it truly birthed out of just him having a conversation with somebody at a conference. <clears throat> and he was like, you know, I, I'm willing to do this to help. And then he realized, well, hey, if I, like, recorded all of this, and, like, it would be a product. And he just started doing it and, right. it, and it kind of grew from there. And, you know, they did announce the protege winner earlier this year. It was really cool. If you go back and watch some of his episodes, you can find them on YouTube. It's just the protege. Um, <clears throat> but my takeaway from him is like perfection is the enemy of done. If you're going to wait and wait and wait until it's absolutely perfect, you're never going to do anything. And, and David has always been one of those guys, which, by the way, I think there's a, a select number of people who can build an airplane while it's flying. David is one of them. And he is one of them. Yeah. For 95% of the people out there, I would never recommend you doing that. Well, we know 95% of us in our business are trying to do something, and we and, and perfection is the enemy, mm -hmm. prevents us from doing it or even getting started. Yeah. You know, a lot of great ideas we've heard over the years from many folks that never get birthed. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Director of operations, say, uh, senior level sales, Laura Lynn Ball. Yeah, yeah. So um, our boss, our, our <laughs> boss. Thank you again for allowing us to <laughs> come in and have a little fun here. I think it's more like she makes us. That's part of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, it was interesting because again, lo long time in the business, um, and I've always said, from my perspective, the nobody best. nobody understands both sides. The sales best. and operations 100%. better than her. Um, and um, just years and years of experience. But, you know, um, one of my takeaways from her, and there are many, but from this podcast, um, she talked about how she prioritized her business at a time where she was even a single mom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, back then she was a single mom. She was closing, you know, 
somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 20 units a month is, is what, you know, you yeah. were saying, yep. you know, and somehow managing it all, spinning all of these plates and everything Located like that. Located next to a real estate office, yeah. very, very busy office that required a lot of time, a lot of, yeah. lot of late nights, weekends. <clears throat> and like you said, you know, she was a single mom, so she had to prioritize schedule. Yeah. You know, and I know we, we talked a little bit with her about how she did Wednesday nights or yep, late that, nights. And that, that was my takeaway. She did a late night. Right. And uh, she said she would work that one night a week for as late as it took to get everything done. Yep. You know, it's funny. I, I was in the office here just last week preparing to do a retreat with um, some key players on our marketing team. And, um, you know, we're in a remote work environment now. You and I don't work in the office on a regular basis like we yeah. used to. We're working at home. And, you know, although I think we work longer hours at home than we normally would have in an office environment. The way that we're doing it is different because my takeaway was <clears throat> I had a number. It's listen. This is the holiday season, right? And hard to believe. It's, it's, it's crazy. Nuts. Like we're busier this time of season than we are any other time, right? We're still running a big business. We've got holiday parties, this that going on, um, and so I'm I'm staring down this calendar that like starting to get very very narrow on very me, narrow. all of these yeah. things that have got to get done. And uh, I, so I made a commitment like that week, hey, I'm going to come to the office and I'm going to work until it's all done. Like I'm 100% caught up on everything that's like on my to-do list. And I walked out of here at 845 that night. And I was mad because there was another car in the I parking lot. I think I lot. was working about until that point last night, emailing <laughs> you some business plans, if, if yeah. I don't recall. You yeah. gave us a deadline. Yeah. We talked a little bit yesterday about that, but you get, you, you know, sometimes you've got to give a hard deadline, right? Yeah. You just can't stretch another day. It's got to yeah. get done. Yeah, absolutely right. All right, so, so next one we'll talk about, let, let's bring up Ryan Owen. Yeah, right, man, talk Ryan. About, I mean, man, talk about a dude energy. with a lot of energy. Yes. A lot of energy, but talks a lot about video and the yeah. importance of doing video and yeah. branding yourself. Yeah, so we is... did we did two episodes with Ryan. That's how much content he brought to the table. Um, he came in very well prepared, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, and, and we've had a lot of great guests who have. Um, but let's be honest, you, sometimes you and I just get in front of a microphone and start talking. You know, we're winging it. But yep. uh, Ryan dropped a lot of value. If you go back and watch either one of his two episodes, but... My biggest takeaway, Ryan is, uh, he is a preacher, a proponent of video marketing specifically. Right. And, uh, you know, I think that we've said for years that video marketing is the future. It's Back it present. up. It's the present. Yeah. It's the now. And he, he was a lot like <clears throat> Jeff. I mean, he, he basically said, you know, perfection is the enemy, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we go to just go ahead and shoot it live. Right. Yes. Don't even edit it. It'll be fine. That's how that's how everybody sees you. That's how, yep. that's what you sound like. That's, that's what you what look, you like. look yep. like. And just go ahead and do it. Yep. You know, I mean, so that that part was really cool. My take my big takeaway from him was that content is everywhere. And, you know, he said one of the big things that keeps people from doing video is they don't know what to say or what to talk about. And he gave us an example. We're sitting at this table like John and I are right now. He's like, I guarantee you, if you go out to that lobby right there, Somebody's there a is problem. a pamphlet. There's a pamphlet that's got information about how to obtain a mortgage. And in every single one of those pages, there's content. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? He's right. We in the podcast, I go out there and sure enough, I was like, dude, was reading that pamphlet while he was right. waiting on us. Yeah. But it was like six pages long. Why and there were PMI? probably and there were probably <laughs> 10 pieces in there that you could have made a three minute video out of. Sure. Um, and his point was contents everywhere. It's already written. Just pick up something that's already done and talk about it. Yeah. I mean, I literally every day something changes or 
um, a new program comes out, loan limits increase, something get takes takes away taken away. Um, so yeah, yeah, you can do a three minute video every day. Yeah, yep. So uh, my my next on the list, John, is um, the guy Jeff Cochran. Okay. That Steve Richmond brought in that we got an opportunity to meet, um, and he um, teaches negotiation and persuasion. I tell you, if you go and watch that episode, the first like three minutes are the best. Um, and he talks about, you know, the guy who goes into a hardware store because he needs a quarter inch drill bit. And he's like, at the end of the day, the guy doesn't really want a quarter inch drill bit. Wants a hole. He wants quarter inch holes. And if he could buy quarter inch holes, he would just buy the quarter inch holes. But to be able to get them, he needs right. the drill bit. Um, I thought, first of all, I thought that was genius, but it was also pretty funny. Um, but, you know, I, I wrote down some notes on Jeff Cochran. You know, he um, talked to us about the difference between negotiation and persuasion and that to him, persuasion is negotiation's weaker brother. And, uh, and he just kind of explains um, negotiation is I have something and you need it. But persuasion is I'm not sure I have anything for you, but I need you to take certain actions. So how do I get you to do that? Mm -hmm. um, and I just thought like in any type of sales that you're in, you, you know, to be able to earn referrals, you're trying to gain influence with people so that they send you referrals. And the best way to do that is you got to find some way to add value to them. And, Je and Jeff's been a good uh, amount of time talking us to it. How do you uncover in each individual situation what your value add might be mm -hmm. so that you can present that as an opportunity for whoever you're yeah, I mean, he walked persuade. us through, you know, if you're a real estate agent and you're buying or trying to sell a home, mm -hmm. right, you've got to have your checklist. If you have 10 things on your must must haves, you have to persuade sometimes that, hey, this check eight or nine of those 10, mm -hmm. let's move forward. You know, I mean, yeah. you've got to use that persuasion. Like it, it had the big backyard. It had the new updated kitchen. Yes, the master was small. Maybe that box didn't get checked. But if the vast majority get checked, you have to help you know, mm -hmm. get them across to understand that, persuade them that you, they found the right place. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's talk about some changes that came up in the middle of this year and uh, rolled out October 1st, which is um, big changes to not only Florida, but uh, um, flood really insurance. The country, uh, yeah. yeah, the country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the way flood insurance is rolling out. So what you get on that? Well, we had two folks come in and talk to us on um, specifically flood insurance. And uh, Chris Green was the first one. Yep. And uh, he's the guy that wore the poop hat for, for the entire for the entire, the entire podcast. podcast yeah. Um, my daughter absolutely loved that thing. Um, I went and bought her one. It doesn't have the words on it though. It just is the emoji of the of the poop. But um, yeah, you know, uh, you know, Chris. I, I think the the big thing I took away from him is he's like most people when they go shopping for insurance they go to that insurance provider and they're like, hey, I need a policy. And the insurance provider is most of the time interested in quoting you the lowest possible quote because they think, hey, if you see the low number, they're going to select me. They're going to get their insurance sure. through me. And you know what he talked about was his sales approach is about education and clarity. And so he's more of the, hey, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. I'm going to try to find a product that helps meet your needs. And then I'm going to give you options and talk to you about what could go wrong. 
mm-hmm. you know, or what could go right in the event of us having a claim or something like that. And I know that specific episode was about flood insurance, but from a sales perspective, that was the big thing that I took away. Okay. It is and I, and I think, listen, in our business, we do this as loan originators. Like, I feel like I got to put the best price on the street. Well, like, how do we know that that's what they really need? Right. In other words, yeah, I mean, sh- shouldn't we present them like, hey, here's options. multiple options you need to, and exactly. you pick the one that's best for you and your family. And I'll walk you through why this is what it is, you know, and then ultimately you make the decision that's best 100%. for you and your family. Yeah, I mean, and, I think I think translating over the, to our, our business, you know, the common thing is, hey, let's put 20 percent down. Mm-hmm. And we know in most mm-hmm. cases, in many cases, that might be the entire equi- the, the, the cash that they have on hand. Dude, check this out. I mean, it's nuts. My nephew calls me on Saturday. He lives in Chicago. This is my nephew. I was. You were just with him. I, I was when this when this kid was born. I was there. Okay, and he goes, you know, I just found out this week. I don't need to put twenty percent down to buy a house. And I said, for the love of God, <laughs> I've did? been in the mortgage business for your entire adult life. Yeah. God, it hasn't been 20% since I originated. I mean, it's been I'm like, 40 dude. plus years since those days. I'm like, dude. So I mean, anyways, I have a conversation with him, showing him all of these different options. And um, they're looking, him and his wife are looking to move from uh, Chicago to uh, northern the northern Atlanta area to be closer to her family. But I'm like, dude, you're like, the world is your oyster, man. Right? I mean, you can get a mortgage as little as 3% down in his case, mm-hmm. you know, on, on a conventional loan, like a home ready or whatever. But it's like our industry is still, people are still out there thinking you need to. You need to know your options exactly. Like when we shop for insurance, my wife and I, we, you know, 100, 300, right, is a standard, you know, um, liability, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you ask the agent, what would it be if I got a million? It might be another eight, 10 bucks a month. Yeah. I mean, it might be so minimal that if you, you know, if you're in that, you you might need that or it might be worth getting a little bit more coverage. Yeah. So, John, we also had Lindsay come in, Decubulus, and hopefully I didn't just butcher her name. But she came in and talked to us about flood insurance, too. What, what were some of the things that you took away from that? So she came in a few weeks after it had gone into place, right? So yes. we had some actual examples that she yeah. was able to give us. Um, you know, so, you know, my takeaway was that we've been subsidized for, you know, 20-plus years. Um, so the National Flood Association has subsidized the rates through the government to give us, to keep it affordable. Mm-hmm. So with the changes that are in effect October 1st, um, you know, it seems like we're being unfairly treated. Well, the reality is we've been getting a huge discount. Forever. Forever. And now they're just resetting to the actual rate without the without the credit from the government. Yeah. So the, I, I mean, the takeaway on that is one, if you're out shopping and you're gonna be located in a flood zone, you need to get a quote right away. Don't wait three weeks, four weeks into the process to find out what that what yep. that quote could be because we've seen some cases where that 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 policy goes triple and in a lot of cases it's assumable if the owner has an existing policy you know they can the, you know the new owner can assume that policy so but you've got to do that and get that out of the way right away up front yeah yeah let me ask you a question um so the the, the new um flood insurance policies have been in place now for just a couple of weeks have what are you hearing on the street like i haven't heard any real horror stories yet um, I mean, I haven't heard anything outrageous. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, it seems that, um, 
you know, the good news there is that my, my guess is that sellers, the homeowners that are selling, you know, in a flood zone, they have active policies that they're able, able to transfer to assume, over. Assumable, yes. um, you know, if you're thinking about selling a home and you don't have a, a, a policy, you know, it, it could be a different situation. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, hopefully, I mean, there's a lot of folks, especially in real estate, who are worried that that was going to be a major factor in real estate in the state yeah, of Florida. Yeah, it's going to take several months, I think, before some of that plays Starts out. Starts to catch up. And I think the other thing that you're starting to notice, and we even saw it on the uh, on the homeowner's side um, recently in the last couple of weeks, is increases. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether you have the policy in place now, it's going to, it's going to be set to go up and increase 18% a year. Mm-hmm until it gets to that full adjusted value. So that might take five, six, seven years, um, but you're gonna essentially double your policy in four years yeah. if you're in a property. So yeah, yeah based on the fact that it's allowed there's, to there's, increase. There's jumps, there's jumps yeah. gonna be coming every year. Yeah, okay. Um, so moving on to the next, uh, you know, best of or some of our favorites. Um, we had Rachel Sartain in, um, who is uh, a big time leader in real estate. Um, here in the Tampa Bay market, and we did four episodes with her. Yeah, God, it flew. It, yeah, it did. You know, and I think you know one of the things that I've found is as we do a lot of these, you know, sometimes we roll in and we sit down with a guest, and we think we're just going to shoot, have one conversation, shoot one podcast, and then the next thing you know, we've got an hour's mul- gone by. You know, we've got <laughs> multiple, and uh, and that was the case with her. We actually brought her in to talk to us about two specific topics. Those two topics turned into two podcasts for right. each topic. Um, but my big takeaway from her is, you know, she told us that the money is in the database, right? We've kind of already talked about this as we went over yeah. top producers at the beginning of, the, of this show. Um, but she gave us some real ideas for reasons to make touches to a database. Um, you know, things like, you know, um, you know, as salespeople, we're always looking for a reason. Like, I feel like I got to have a reason to call this past 100%, client. Or yeah. I'm not call, just going to call you to say hello. Yes. Right. And so she gave us a lot of great ideas. You know, some of them were, Hey, and inviting people to events, um, just doing like loan anniversary or home anniversary check-ins. Hey, congratulations. Mm-hmm. You've been on the home for, in the home for a year. Um, you know, make a birthday call. Equity buildup, right. That we yeah. have right now. It's a great time if you're in real estate yeah. or, or mortgage to let a homeowner know how much equity they've They've gotten their property now. Yeah, you know yeah. they'd be surprised to find out that that house they bought three or four years ago is almost doubled in value. Yeah, yeah, and it was you know it was interesting because like you know as she kind of talked us through it, it, you know, each person in your database you probably have a different reason to touch them at whatever point that you're touching them at, and I think a lot of times what we think about is we're, we're narrow minded and hey I need I want to I want to touch these fifty people in the month of December. And I need to have the exact conversation with all 50 of them. I think sometimes we pigeonhole ourselves into that. Yep. But what I kind of took away from her is like, hey, just get that database in front of you. When you see the name and you remember the transaction, you're going to think of something to talk about. Sure. Uh, you, you know, when you, when you call them. So um, that was one of my big, big takeaways with her. We had some rookies on both in real estate and the mortgage side, some people that we classified as less than three years in the business, mm-hmm. um, whether it be mortgage or real estate. And... Um, people that are killing it like they're 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 rock stars yeah you know yeah. and so you know got a lot of good takeaways on how they discipline themselves you know treat this business as a full-time job yep um you know and they're actively out there you know engaging in the community whether it be broker opens or uh, you know get getting in front of people yeah yeah i think you know one of the things i took away from every single one of those people they have one thing in common what is that straight up hustle right 
Yeah, I mean, a few of them to the point where they, they literally needed a, a closing to, you know, make rent. Yes. You know, yeah. that, that we found that have that have just, you know, just done amazing in the last two and a half, three years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, listen, um, you know, our boy Leo from the Wolf of Wall Street, he says, you know, I've been a poor man and I've been a rich man. <laughs> and I choose rich every time. Absolutely. Right? And, and sometimes... Like to that point, my back seat of the car is not very comfortable. Yes, you know I'm gonna have to go find a way to get a <laughs> hustle if I'm gonna do this. So yeah, I I thought you know the the one key thing is they all had hustle, but you know they all had different avenues of getting business. Which by the way, none of it was new. It was yeah. they were all doing something that are the tried and true ways. I, you know, a handful that just come to mind were just like you know we had Chris Rademacher talk about. I just had to start picking up the phone. I literally called every real estate agent, started in Clearwater, and then built out from there. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you've got to make 30, 40, 50 calls a day, eventually somebody's going to take your call and somebody has a lead for you. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can't, you can't quit after five. You can't quit after 10 mm -hmm. because you don't want to sleep in the car. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, man, I don't know. I think that's a pretty rounded out list there of, of folks. You know, I think we had rookies. We had... Um, Greg Morga on another one. This is another guy who rookie killing it. Yeah, motivated by like, hey, I just got a little he wants life to be better number than one. this. Yeah, you know, um, was the first thing, and then when he realized, hey, this whole success thing, you know, it's not that hard. You know, and but now it all he's comes down to the disciplines that yeah. that whether they're rookies or, you know, senior producers, they're yeah. all disciplined. So I got an inter I got an opportunity to visit Greg a, a couple of weeks ago in New Jersey. And um, he said one of the, one of his disciplines that he does every day, he does not leave the office at night until he gets a contract. So whether it's a purchase or a refi, he's like, I've literally sat in my office at six o'clock and been like, man, I don't have a new deal today. And just pulls out his database and starts making refi calls until he gets one. Nice. It's awesome. A deal a day. That's his yeah. plan. So I think you, one of the other things that we talked about, you and I did a couple like uh, mid-year checkups. Yeah. Um, you know, business planning the start of last year. We're working on it again for 2022. Um, you know, with, you know, going through COVID, you know, the ins and outs, the ups and downs and everything is, you know, you've got to look at your business plan. You, got, you have to have a business plan and then you have to be able to pivot. So, I mean, I think over that since we've had the podcast now the last 15 months. Oh, gosh. Right. It seems like five years. So you and I like to talk. It's not a yearly plan, but maybe a quarterly. Yeah. You know, yeah. we visit it every three yeah. months now because things are changing. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that because I, I went back and looked at all of the episodes that we've done. Like I looked at the title. Feels like I, it's forever. I, right. Yeah, I didn't I didn't watch them. <laughs> but I, you know, it's to prepare for this podcast. And the number of times I saw we did a podcast that was basically a shift. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's like a whole new it, season. In, in a year's time, we did three or four of those. Three or four. Yep. That, you know, and, and again, I think the point that you're making is, hey, listen, you got to have a plan because you also have to be able to identify when you need to shift and pivot. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the mistake I know that I, I've said I've been I've been transparent about it here is up until March 2020, I was always the, hey, I'm going to write this business plan and we're going to run with this thing for the whole year. Well, when March 2020 rolled around, we had to crumble that thing up and throw it in the trash can mm -hmm. and start over. And I believe we've had to shift and pivot in our industry more in the last year and a half than we have in the last five years combined. I would agree. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and I don't know that 2022 is going to be that much different. 
You know? I mean, I, I do think we're starting to see, so I'd encourage you to get back towards 2019 and really start to focus on your real estate. Yeah. You know, referral partners, yeah. you know, and get in front of those folks. Rates have, rates are probably going to stay a little bit high with inflation and mm-hmm. um, maybe the refis do, you know, as predicted or forecast for 2022, they, they drop off maybe, you know, 30, 40, 50% for some yeah. folks, maybe higher if you're doing all refis. Yeah. So you've got to get your street hustle back on and, and, and go old school and get in front of some yeah. agents. And, um, you know, we talk about, you know, what events can you get, you know, can you go to a border realtor event or a happy hour? And people look back and things have changed and they've changed forever. Mm-hmm. And hey, I used to have 100 people to go after when I went to one of those events. I won't go for 20. Yeah. Go for 20. Yeah. You know, you've yeah. got to get yourself out and be visible. Yeah, you're, you're going to have to. I, I think one more thing, John, you just made me think of, and we can kind of end on this if you want, is, um, you, you know, you talked about the volatility of rates. I, I think we're going to have a volatile economy in 2022. And as you know, the economy kind of dictates what happens in the interest rate market. And the other thing is, you know, day after Thanksgiving, we see another um, uh, COVID variant pop up. (laughs) And we saw a significant price change in mortgage rates in one day um, because of that. And that was economic fears. Stock market. Right. Dropped quite a bit. Dropped and and people flooded money into the bond market. And we, you know, we saw a pretty nice, change bounce back and interest rates and so what i say all that to say to loan officers go ahead and get your pipeline set up because i think that there's going to be pockets where you're going to get a really sweet rate sheet and you're going to be able to get people off the fence we have been telling you all year long it should always be 25 or 30 percent of your business the refinance opportunity so yeah, line them up and get ready because I do think we'll see those dips. Yeah, a hundred percent. And take advantage because, like, listen, if you already I mean, have any little shake, if you already have the ten oh three going, it's easy to just go through and lock a bunch. But if you're like, oh, I got a good rate sheet, let me start making calls. You're gonna get, get one. The, we could get on the political role of what Russia's doing right now. You know, apparently I'm I mean, not watching the news. Well. You know, so get ready. Um, you know, get ready if they invade and and this goes on. And you know, oh wow, and, you okay. Know, you might Apparently, see, I'm not you, watching. You, the news. you might see some adjustments and shifts in markets. Okay, well, I mean, that's the other thing is people have to realize is that even uh, economies around the world affect, affect what, us, affect what happens here. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dude, nice job. Hey, Good man. job, man. Congratulations on a full year. Yeah, we made it. Of doing this thing. <laughs> Can't wait for 2022. Now we got to figure out what we're going to do for 52 weeks next year. Hey, and by the way, if you're out there and you haven't refinanced or you're refinanced and you're looking to refinance, rates are still super low. Yeah. I mean, give us a call Take after advantage. Christmas. Enjoy Christmas, everybody, and uh, and the holidays, and wish you all well, and see you again in the new year. Yeah. So thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Context to Contracts podcast. On behalf of John, I am Brian, and if there's anything that you need, We're always here to serve.